With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I know it's been a while. We decided to take a break after December. There was just a lot going on, which um, I'll get into. But first, the guest of honor, Dallas. Hello, my love. Hello. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. We have Dallas back, and we are going to celebrate everything there is about one day at a time. I mean, holy moly. 20 years. 20 years. And you're only 25, so I don't know how that happened, but, um, <laughs> wow. I've been holding for many years at 25. Yes. Um, you took that serum from Death Becomes Her, and, wow, it just took back your age. That's amazing. It's working. Um, it's working, yes. Can you share that with me? I, I don't really have that much money, but maybe Lisa can give me, like, a little bit of a discount or something. Um what has been going on? First, we'll catch up before we dive into it, but what has been going on since last we talked? Oh, my goodness. Well, so much has happened. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually been a big year of change for me. Um, mm-hmm. In January, my my cat passed away. Um, he was oh, 18 and yeah, Jorge, he was 18 and a half. So it's, you know, like he had a long, good life, but that was super difficult to navigate through just because it's been like, I knew the timing was right. Like I always told Mm. someone his quality of life wasn't there. It was time and his quality of life had definitely um, been impacted. So Mm. I knew the decision was right, but it's been hard to navigate not having that physical presence that you've had for so many years, like my Mm -hmm. entire adult life, essentially I had, I had him. So um, that happened. um, And then in, at the end of March, my husband and I moved to Vancouver in Canada. Um, so that's been a really good change, um, especially dealing with, with the grief of Jorge because he was never in this condo that we have. Um, mm. And then just last week, my, my dad passed away. Um, yeah, so that's sorry, been, yeah. it's been a tough week for, for that. Mm. But um, yeah, I just got home yesterday from going back to Edmonton where I used to live to be with my stepmom and my brothers. Um, and that was really what I needed. I needed that week with mm-hmm. my family for sure. Um, so yeah, that's been going on with me. Um, so oh, the move wow. has been good. I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer that it's been all doom and gloom. Um, but the year has been um, a difficult one. And I feel sort and of, um, sort of, I don't know how you say this, but it's 
it's so, you know, losing two people feels very minor compared to mm-hmm. some of the other things that we are seeing going on in the world. Like if you think of Russia and Ukraine, and then the news yesterday about the Supreme Court overturning the, you know, the abortion laws and just mm-hmm. stripping away rights of half the population just seems mm-hmm. mind-boggling and, and scary and sad. And so I would encourage people to stay woke and, and stay vocal and make sure you vote. And Yeah. Yeah. But also, I don't want to ever minimize, like, what they're going through is definitely hard. It's tough. That needs to be acknowledged. But also, you're going through stuff, and you can't minimize that because someone's going through something worse, you know? Um, Right. At the end of the day, you need to grieve because if anybody... I've learned that if you don't deal with your grief right then and there, it's going to pop up later. And yeah, for sure. In other forms, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, that was pretty crazy yesterday, seeing that. Wild. Um, Just wild, actually. For me, the craziest part about it was a couple things. One, um, these four men that in front of everybody sworn in on a Bible, which they take seriously enough, and said, each one of them said, Roe versus Wade has been done. It's been taken care of. We're not overturning it. So then for them to all group together and say, yeah, we're going to overturn it, was just shocking that we can Mm-hmm. Have people in the highest court system in the U.S. lie, blatantly lie? Um, that part for me was shocking. Another part was seeing that House Republicans from their website said abortion is not a right. They tweeted that. Right. Um, what? What? I, I, you know, I think just to tag onto that, like there's two things that that also strike me as interesting as that you said, like one, they have to swear on a Bible. And to Mm -hmm. me, that already is problematic because there needs to be a definition or like a separation between state and religion. Swearing on a Bible shouldn't mean anything. Like, mm-hmm. keep your religious beliefs out of politics. You can believe whatever mm-hmm. you want, but that should not dictate how you run a country. That's one thing. Right. The second thing that I've been seeing a lot on my Instagram is the one judge who is this black man who was mm. instrumental and who then wanted to say he wants to, like, look at gay marriage and, and whatnot. Yes, he does. And to me, it's and like, you, you are already a mm-hmm. minority. So as a minority, why are you attacking another minority? You should know what it's like being a minority in the United States and in the world. Okay, tell Um, me. Back in slave time, and every black person listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. Back in slave time, there were two types of black folk. There was the field Negroes, and then there was the house Negroes. The field Negroes were made fun of 
openly. And they are the ones that most of the stereotypes come from. When the slave owners would get done with their meal, they would sometimes, not all the time, sometimes give the field Negroes their scraps. Most of the time it was the house ones because they were closest. They can get the scraps from us and be happy. The field Negroes had to eat whatever they could find. So that's why there's that saying, you know, with the pig, eat it from the rooty to the tootie. Literally, there was pig pig snout soup. There was pig ear sandwiches, bacon, pork chops. Uh, hot dog, everything, pig feet in stew, like everything of the pig was gone. Watermelon right. was called our freedom, um, freedom food, because when we became free, the first thing we started doing was growing and selling watermelon. So that's kind of where some of those stereotypes come from. Now, the field Negroes were the ones that constantly were trying to escape. But they were getting caught because the house Negroes were the ones that were telling on them. They were saying, Mm. Massa, you hear them humming? That's them humming coordinates and time and all that other thing. So what Clarence, well, what Justice Clarence, Uncle Tom Thomas is doing is he's hucking and chucking for racists. I guarantee you his insurrectionist wife is the one that put it in his ear what to do. Now, he's going to be shocked when if we repeal gay marriages, you don't think they're going to come for the loving versus Virginia? And his own marriage shall be in jeopardy because he is married to a white woman, a white woman who has been on record. It's been proven. There's evidence. She was part of the insurrection. So how in the world, how in the world are we supposed to instill trust in our, our justice system when we have this going on and no one's talking about it or doing anything? He should be removed, and those other three should be removed too because they lied. Now, Amy Conan Barrett, she didn't lie, she avoided the question. She said that she would study the letter of the law. That's what she did. But here's what these politicians and judges and whatnot don't understand. Look at Elon Musk. He has said so many horrible things about LGBTQ people, about our, our pronouns, um, And now his own trans daughter legally is no longer related to him, legally, because of his rhetoric. This man has children, and one of them wants nothing to do with him. I'm sorry, but that's one too many. Have you ever Mm -hmm. heard of a, a time or a place where kids disown their parents? That has got to be the hardest thing a parent has gone through next to watching their child die. This child is going to exist in this world without him. This can happen to you. Be careful, the rhetoric that you're spewing, because 
you never know who's listening. He is a prime example of why you should not think this way. Because people are people, and the people you're attacking could be in your own family. So it's just crazy. And my sister, she said, what does gay marriage have to do with these people? And I said, it's about control. They want to control. And if they can say, we made gay marriage illegal. Actually, what they want to do is repeal three. Contraception, gay marriage, and they literally want to make gay sex, gay sex within consensual adults now, we're talking. Consensual adults, they want to make it illegal. Uh, what? Wild. I, I can't even. It's like the handmaid's tale is coming to life. Yeah. It, it really it feels is. that way. So, yeah. I, I can't even understand that. Anyway. Um, there's our tangent. <laughs> yeah, there's our tangent. Um, before we get started, I just want to update everybody on me. I have yeah. had, let's see, I got a new job, a new full-time job, which is closer to where I moved and... It's basically the same job. It's just I'm learning um, another aspect of the company. So it's like a, it was a lateral promotion, um, which has been great. I mean, my new team, my new location, everything's been great. I'm really happy. Um, another Are you thing working that ha- remotely? Or? I am full-time remotely, yes. That's another oh, okay. thing that's kind of weird. This team... In this building, I actually went into, in March when I got the, the new job, I went in to set up my, my, uh, my PC because I was remoting in from that PC. There was no one there. There was literally maybe five people in the whole building. My boss was like, yeah, I'd rather everybody just stay at home. They value productivity, and they've noticed that people are more productive at home. So they really, really, really have been amazing. So that happened. I also ended up becoming – I did an employee spotlight for June um, for Pride Month within my company, and they also put me out on their social media. So that was a nice little surprise. Um, what else has happened? Oh, I released a new podcast series called Everyday Women. It debuted June 1st, and it's basically... I'm loving it. I'm loving it, by the way. Thank you. Um, it's basically Sex in the City in L.A. with a trans lead. Um, mm-hmm. I play Natalie, the um, realtor, and Veronica Dang, all you know Veronica from the show. She was a co-host. She plays Sarah, kind of like the Charlotte of the group, who's going through kind of a tough marriage. And then Christina Sullivan plays Charlie, who is, um, I, this is the only thing that Casey said, a stripper with a heart of gold. Um, she's got <laughs> some issues as well with going on and it's just these three women navigating LA and um, I think the first episode is like 17 minutes it's pretty short Um, it's going to be 10 episodes we're already at episode 4 
and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Everyday Women PC on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, it's that's been a labor of love. And I love other, I love the length of them though because it's such an easy listen, mm-hmm. right? Like some podcast, yeah. you you go and you're like, oh, this is an hour and a half, like. Mm-mm. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm at work, but I'm mm-hmm. also um, in management. So I'm in calls a lot of my day. So the fact mm-hmm. that your podcast, your show is like, you know, anywhere from 15 to, yeah, I think the longest episode was maybe 17 minutes. I can mm-hmm. squeeze that in, in between calls. And it's Aww. not like Because, you know, like one of those, Sometimes even with like the forever in a day pod, which I love, I actually mm-hmm. have to not listen to it at work because if they go over 30 minutes, I hate doing mm-hmm. like the start stop because then you forget yeah. where you are and whatnot. So I love the length of, of your show because it's, it's just perfect for me. Thank you. Aww. Um, so while I have you, what do you, what do you think of like, um, do you think Natalie's a little too hard on Jameson, or do you think it's appropriate? Well, I think for the storyline, it's, yeah. it's good, right? Because you have to have that initial yeah. conflict. Like, I already sense that they'll end up together, which is great. But you have mm-hmm. to make the audience root for the couple. And so you have yeah. to make them have some sort of, like, if they just got together and it was all some you know, sunshine and roses, then where's the conflict? Where's the story? So it's great that she's um, like an independent woman um, mm. sticking to her ground because um, it also helps define who she is as a person and as a character. So if, if you had one episode where she was like, we can't do this, and then the next episode he buys her the flowers and says, let's go out for dinner again. If she suddenly swayed and was like, yeah, sure, then it sort of makes the character feel more wishy-washy as mm. opposed to her committing to what her beliefs are. So I, I like that she's putting her foot down and saying, oh, this, is, this is how I I did feel some kind of way about him kissing her, though. Like, that's aggressive. Like, it is aggressive. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's like, yeah. dude, back off. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Consent, sir. Consent. Um, exactly. Yeah. I was, I was, sh- you know what? As I was reading it, I was shocked, but I didn't want to change it. Uh, Casey wrote this whole season, all 10 episodes, within like a week. Um, he knew exactly but what I he wanted to do. With the consent piece, you know, he, mm. when I was listening to it, I mm-hmm. could very much tell that there was a mutual chemistry, a mutual mm. attraction there. And so mm. even though he did just lean in and kiss on it, I, the way I interpreted it is like he was picking up on the yeah. sparks that both of them were clearly feeling. So that's why he felt comfortable. I never once felt like, oh, he's like a predator and he just went in without. I... Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, my interpretation of Jameson is he's a playboy. Well, he's perceived as a playboy, but he's not really. And I think he's shocked that 
Natalie isn't falling all over him like every other woman in his life has. I think it genuinely shocks him. And I think that's what fascinates him. Um, I will be interested because I'll be honest with you. I have this weird thing where I read the scripts the first time when he was done. I read it as a producer. And then once we went to go film it or record it, I read it as an actor and I was shocked. And I'm, and he's like, why are you shocked? I'm like, because I read it differently. And right. I'd be interested to see what happens in season two with this couple. I'm very interested. Um, yeah. Um, That's the best type that it keeps you coming back, right? <laughs> yeah. Personally, my favorite character is Bev. I love yeah. Bev. She is my like the way she's so like sing songy when she talks. Like everything about Bev is amazing. And Elizabeth von Osser, what a dream to work with her. What a freaking dream. Oh, and um, she's made it so different from Elaine on. Oh, Forever my God. I know. Like, 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 it's like night and day, which is great. <laughs> which is so great. And I don't know where she got. Well, Casey had told her, she's basically Karen Walker. And she's like, oh, okay. Yes. And that's no. where we got, that's where we got Bev from. So, yeah. I, um, that's awesome. I really love like the the drama of the dramedy because there's comedy in it of Sarah and Matthew. They are like dramatic but they're funny. It's like a funny take on on uh a cheating spouse. It's kind of hilarious when she punched him. Um well and not only that but when she like saw him jerking off Oh, my God. I was like... Oh, my God. I was like, as a gay man, I would have been like, hey, you didn't invite me? Like, okay, I'm I'm game to join. Like, let's, let's get this I think she started. was just shocked because she didn't expect it at all. I would have been shocked. Like, holy moly. Well, you know, boys, yeah. boys will be boys when... when yeah. When they the play penis with their starts toys. calling, you gotta... Yeah. Oh, exactly. my God. Um... I don't know. There's some, and then there's something about Jack that I like, but there's something about him that I don't like. Like, I can't figure out if I like him or not. And mm-hmm. just to let everybody know, when I was recording, I didn't stay on for the full record. I recorded my part, and then we were in the waiting room. And if I was done, I didn't listen to any other scene. So... How they play out and put together, I'm just as surprised as, as everybody else. And I'm listening to it for the first time. Just so that everybody knows. Even though I'm the co-creator and executive producer, co-executive producer, I didn't hear them put together yet. So I wanted so it's to a be nice a surprise, surprise for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Casey offered, and I'm like, yeah, no. I, I'll, I'll listen to it like everybody else, and I'll live tweet like everybody else. So... It's been nice. Um, yeah, that's, but that's my other, the fun thing the, for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But my other gig, 
um, which recently happened, I am also on Forever in a Day, as Dallas mentioned. I am Nurse Olivia Bookman, and that role yes. has been a dream. I love Olivia. I love her so much. Um, Olivia is, she started this Monday, and she's going to be in all of season three. She'll be heavily played in season four. Um, I don't want to give away story. I, if Dallas asks me nicely, I will offline, but um, <laughs> Olivia is definitely going to change some lives, and I, I'm so grateful to be, that was recorded before, that was recorded last year, and the first oh, wow. role I've ever had, and I'm just so excited to, for people to hear her and her journey, and her journey's a little bit slower than Natalie's, most definitely, because, you know, it's a soap, and you got to stretch things out. But um, mm-hmm. so much fun to play that role because she's just so, so close to who I am as a person, but not. Um, and fun fact, her name, Olivia, is from my favorite Law & Order character, Olivia Benson. And her last name, Bookman, was, uh, she's Candace's aunt's last name. So she's very personal. And um, yeah. That's awesome. she's a nurse practitioner, which nobody shows nurse practitioners anymore. And, yeah, she definitely, she's definitely got some stuff going on. I can't wait for everybody to hear her journey. Um, so how far but, yeah, do so those are the things. record mm-hmm. on that? Like if, you, if this was filmed or recorded last year, uh-huh. are you guys now like recording season four? We are. We are. We're recording season four right now. Good question. And we just started recording season four June 9th. So, I mean, I, we've, this, this week was our third episode, and I was in the past two of them. And let me tell you, I am shocked (laughs) because for those episodes, I'll be honest with you, what I did, I am a writer on that show and I've been assigned, you know, okay, you have to write this episode, you have to write this episode. I try to surprise myself and I don't go back and read. The only time I do that is when I'm trying to write the episode. But again, I'm reading them as a writer and producer. So when I got my episode last week, I hadn't seen it for like a year. And I'm reading it as an actor, and I was like, wow. Wow. I'm going to tell you, episode three, something happens. Wow. Something happened to the point where both Candace and my scene partner called me separately to tell me that I did a good job. Something happened, and I, yeah, wow. 
I'm Good so stuff. excited. I, I love this. This is amazing. Thank you, honey. Mwah. Thank you. I I really love being a part of this. It's like a childhood fantasy being an actress, you know. And mm-hmm. and I, I know it sounds crazy because it's just a podcast, but um, it's more than just a podcast to me. It's literally a dream. And in April, we won an award, an yeah. indie series yeah. award for best ensemble in a podcast, an audio drama. Like, oh my God. Which is wild. Congratulations <laughs> wild. to everyone. Thank you. We were the first people, we were the first um, show to ever win that award, and that was a brand new award, and we won it. How amazing is that? So a lot has happened in the past six months that we've been off air, but... Yeah. Okay. So we're done catching up. Let's get into this show. This show. I know we've talked about it before, but let's go back. What was your initial, um, why did you initially sign up to do this? Because this is a huge undertaking. So if like the actual origin of mm-hmm. One Day at a Time started probably like 1993, 1994. Mm-hmm. So when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And mm-hmm. on the weekends, my brother and I, so my brother Patrick, who who has also written in his day, um, we both grew up watching soap operas. Like mm-hmm. I've always told people, I was watching The Young and the Restless when I was in my mother's womb. I have watched it every day of my life. When my when my grandmother died on my on my mom's side, she was in the hospital. She died on a Friday. She did not mm-hmm. die until after she saw YNR. So she saw YNR on the day that she passed. So oh even though gosh. you know I I don't always love what they do, I might mm-hmm. bitch on it about Twitter, but I will watch it until I die just because of how I grew up. The connection. So mm-hmm. the connection. Yes. Yeah. So um, my brother and I used to have um, a plastic mat that was like a town. And we would have those little Tonka cars that you could drive mm-hmm. around on the, on the town, right? So mm-hmm. in our basement on the weekends, we would act out our own soap opera. Patrick's was called Green Meadows and mine was called One Day at a Time. And so... On Sunday, I would, you know, leave it with my Friday cliffhanger. And the next weekend, I would go back and act out what was happening. But as time went on, I realized I wasn't really remembering everything that happened. Because, you know, you're a kid, you go to school, you learn, life happens. So then I told him, like, what if we wrote our series in, like, the Soap Opera Digest uh, synopsis format, where, you know, you had, like, a headline of what was happening, then it was just like paragraph form of what happened in the week. And so we started doing that in 1995. Um, And I actually have the original writings uh, still in my office. And I refer to them for like inspiration sometimes if, um, if I need, if I'm, you know, like going through like a a writer's block. Mm -hmm. Um, So then fast forward, um, I graduated uh, high school and I went away to college. So during my college years is really when I 
stopped writing on a consistent basis because I was just busy with school. Um, but while I was away, um, Patrick discovered an online community of people who write their own soap operas or series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I got back from college, Patrick shared this with me, and that's when I had the idea uh, to put One Day at a Time online. Um, so mm-hmm. I did that um, in August of um, 2002, um, and so in August of this year, it will be 20 years that I've been putting it online. Wow. Now, does he at write or help or anything like that? Um, he doesn't write as much anymore. Um, but, um, yeah, sometimes I'll say this is where I am in a storyline. Like, what would you do? Um, mm-hmm. But more more often than not, I just sort of tell him, you know, this is what's going on. And he'll give me feedback because there are some characters he hated back in the day and he still hates them to this day, even though they are some of the, the lead characters. So mm. he he does chime in from now, now and again. Yeah. Wait a minute. A, a man who writes and loves soap and is single? Hook me up. I could be your sister-in-law. <laughs> okay, I will. I will send you his Instagram. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. How old is he? I have. To, I have an age thing. Uh, he's thirty-six. Per- okay. Okay. Ten. Ten years difference. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I might end up Dallas's sister-in-law. We don't know. We'll 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 send out uh, wedding pictures on Twitter. And then we'll be the next, he and I will be the next uh, Bridget and Jerome Dobson. We'll be creating soap operas and getting locked out of yeah. studios. And we'll be a force to be reckoned with. Um, exactly. <laughs> so what has been your favorite storyline? And I know that you probably have a ton because, you know, you 20 years, my God. What has been your mm-hmm. favorite storyline, and what storyline do you feel like, hmm, I wish I could have redone that? So it's a two-part question. Okay, so favorite storyline. Um, the first one that comes to my mind was the the ice storm arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it happened in 2018, where it was probably almost like a mini series within the series, where nice. there was um, this big ice storm um, and a semi truck um, hit a car that left a baby brain dead, and they had to donate the baby's lungs to another baby who was going to die if it didn't get a lung transplant. Like it was very soapy. Wow. And then it was right around the time that Lana Del Rey released her honeymoon album, which is very sort of dark and melancholy. And I used the whole album start to finish as like the episode theme song, which I've never done again using a whole album consecutively. So yeah, that's probably my favorite storyline because it was also an umbrella storyline that sort of impacted 
the entire cast because the entire cast would be dealing with this storm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that one that that one stands out to me as one of my favorites. Um, but one of the ones that I would go back and redo would probably be I did a storyline of um, a gay couple who had broken up um, because one uh, one of the partners was lying that he got a female pregnant. Um, and so Reese, the other, the other guy, got sort of wooed and romanced by a gay photographer who ended up getting him into porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the time, I thought it was a good idea, but I think in retrospect, it could have been either a better story or executed better. So that that's one that jumps out at me is that I would I would okay. have do. And what about your characters? Favorite character? And this is gonna be difficult, but least favorite character. So my favorite characters are usually the the villain, the bad people, mm-hmm. just because they can be so over the top and so mm-hmm. evil. So like probably um, the character of Cassie Nova, who, who's done everything from like have surgery to make her face look like somebody else so she could get close to the guy that she wanted to be with. Um, she's held people hostage. She's shot people. Um, she's, tied people to chairs in a garage and left a car running to try to kill them by uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Like she's just done everything. Everything. So to me that's yeah. fun to write because like she can, you, you can literally like, it's an, it's an open book to what, what you can do with a character like that. And then least favorite character. That's, that's tough because they're all a part you love of all your kids in some right. way. Yeah. 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 So I would You're not say, like your brother where you have like a least. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's true because they're family, so you do have a least favorite sibling. Um Yeah, I don't know about a least favorite. Like okay. I'm I'm very much the type of writer where if I have a character on this series, then they're usually there to have a storyline or to serve mm-hmm. a or serve a purpose. So I don't have a lot of like dead weight or characters that I don't like. And if I don't like someone, then I usually will write them off, at least until mm-hmm. they can serve that purpose again. So yeah, least favorite now, is more difficult for me to answer for sure. Now, and I think Casey has done this, um, and I definitely need to have a a podcast with him. Has there ever been a character where you're just like, all right, I think that this character should probably... Well, let me back up. Let me back up. He's admitted to this, so I can say it. It's not any tea. The character of Stephanie was supposed to only last like a couple of episodes, and then he was going to kill her off. But oh, wow. Candace, yes. Candace came in as his partner the, the first season and was like, you better not kill Stephanie off. He's like, why? And now he can't see the show without her. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Has there ever been a character where you're just like, all right, I want this character to come in, do this, and then I'm going to write them off. But then you notice that as you're writing for that character, you're like, I want this character to continue. I'm I'm not killing them off. Um, For me, no. I I can't say that's ever happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. Because usually if I bring on a new character, I, I usually see long-term storyline potential. Mm-hmm. So it's very rare that I bring someone on just for a short term. Okay. Like I've had people in prison and a short-term character will be like a, a prison mate or something. And then when the, you know, the, the long-running character gets out of prison, then they, that other character just doesn't exist. But usually if I'm bringing someone on, it's it's for a, a purpose and a long story purpose, like okay. especially being like a text based serial. Mm. Like if you're if okay. you're giving space in in you know your anywhere from seven to eleven episodes or scenes mm. in an episode, then you you really want them to have a greater purpose because otherwise the people will forget that they even existed because it's not like you hear their voice, it's not like you see them. True. You're just sort of mm-hmm. reading about them, right? Was there a story that you really wanted to do, but then you're like, I can't do it? And can't do it, why? Just because it's too controversial? Just for controversial, didn't really fit the... Like, is there a story that you've always wanted to do, but haven't? I should say. Well, I would say like the storylines that are still coming up are things that mm. I've always wanted to do, but haven't done them. Like I, I still try to always tell fresh stories, especially mm-hmm. after, you know, writing for so long. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of storylines that I've thought about scrapping or changing, there's a storyline that's, that's going to air throughout this summer um, and into the fall with um, the character of Trinice and what, what she sort of goes through. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be sort of interesting. Um, I guess I can sort of do a spoiler where she, she's going to embark on sort of a flirtation with a younger man. Um, but for a while, she thought that this kid was actually her son. And then it was turned Ooh. out that he's not her son. And so to me, you know, when I first thought of that, I'm like, oh, that's so twisted, but it's so soapy at the same time because, like, it's technically kind of taboo because for a while mm. she thought that they were, you know, um, mother-son, but they're not. Um, and then I would say the other story that sort of got squashed wasn't even on One Day at a Time, but it was on um, another series. So I have one series. Um, that only has one season, and it was called Pender Island. And it was a little bit more, um, I don't want to say sci-fi, but a little bit more out there where, like, the characters were witches and they were casting spells and whatnot. And in that season, there was um, a ghost character who ended up impregnating a woman. Um, And that had its own controversy because some of the readers didn't appreciate that, but um, when I was initially planning season two, it was going to be 
a, a devil possession storyline. And I was planning this like in 2015 before days just, you know, revisited their possession storyline. Um, but the whole reason I scrapped the season was because I had this sort of shocking sexual moment in season one. I found myself really trying to recapture that in season two. So by having like mm-hmm. these maybe over-sexual moments happen and I'm just like I, I I felt like I was forcing it and trying too hard versus having the story naturally be fleshed out and so mm-hmm. I've I've never really carried on with that. Hmm. What is your writing process like? Like how do you come up with so many stories over 20 years? Because that's crazy to me. That's a good question. So um, I'm I'm pretty far ahead in my writing. Um, so I have the time and flexibility to really come up with storyline ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, normally what I do is I write calendar years so like January 1st Mm -hmm. to December 31st so at the end of a year I will look at the next calendar year and find out when I will release my episodes so right now I release episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday and then I do daily a week of daily episodes in February um, May and November for sweeps Mm -hmm. um some some years I'll do daily episodes on uh, the week of the actual anniversary. So like this year I have daily episodes coming in August. And then I'll also do daily episodes if there's a milestone episode. So usually like on the 100th episode, 200th episode, whatever. Um, so I'll figure out how many episodes I'm I'm doing. And then I have another word document or notes on my phone just pinning story ideas sometimes it's very character specific like I want this character to do do this but other Mm -hmm. times it will be um, just a general storyline idea that I've seen on another soap that I'm inspired by and then I have to figure out how to incorporate that into one day at a time Um, yeah so I think it's it's all about. I, I have I have long term vision. I guess it's like planning out a whole year and then doing an episode breakdown. So by the time I get to writing the episodes, because I know what's coming up, it's very easy mm-hmm. to like foreshadow and to do character motivation and to um, put it all together. Wow. Where Where do you pull ideas from? Is it just from the characters? Are you inspired by Bill Bell era soaps? Like, where where are you getting inspiration, like, to do story? I mean, I everywhere, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I will watch, I'll listen to your podcast, Everyday Women mm-hmm. and Forever mm-hmm. Day, and be like, oh, that's a great idea, like... Mm-hmm. And not that I want to copy, but I'll always put like my right. own spin on it. Or right, um, right. You know, like like I spoke about um, the ice storm and um, the the lung transplant. So the the year before, um, I wrote that 
storyline, I actually had thought about ending one day at a time just because I felt like, oh, maybe I've done everything I can do with this series. And so I was in my writing hiatus, and I, I visited a, a website called We Love Soaps. I don't know if it's still around, um, but they used to do like this day in soap history. And one of the moments was BJ's transplant on General Hospital. And I, so I saw that. I'm like, oh, wait, I actually haven't done a transplant storyline. And so just seeing mm. that really set in motion the whole idea of, okay, how, how, who, could, who would I be willing to lose as a character? And how could I make this transplant story happen? And so initially I was looking at, like, the, the adult characters, but then I'm like, oh, wait, I actually have two kids that are roughly the same age. And it would be so much more impactful if it was mm. children because then the adults are reacting to a child's death. So I, I really draw inspiration from, like, a lot of the classic soap tales that were told. Um, another mm-hmm. example of that is a couple of years ago I had an avalanche where two people were trapped in the side of a mountain. And I was very inspired by another world where Vicky and Ryan were trapped in that side of the mountain just after she married Grant and they ended up having sex in in like this cave. And so that was my Mm -hmm. inspiration for that entire arc. So like these classic soap moments that stick out in my mind um, are very much an inspiration to me. Um, but I would only limit it to daytime. Like, I've rewatched the original Dynasty. I've rewatched, you know, 90210. I've rewatched Melrose Place. And, like, all of these primetime shows have also been um, an influence on me for sure. Wow. That's amazing. I, um, I couldn't even, like, well, I mean, obviously now I definitely couldn't, but I think at one point I tried thinking about it, but, God, it's just so much to it, you know? And there is a story that I'd always wanted to do. I'll share it with you offline, and maybe you can have it on your show. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's like, wow. Um, any preview for what's coming up? that we can look forward to? Yeah, so this summer, the summer will be um, interesting because we have uh, the character of Victoria. Um, she, um, last summer, she got involved with Vinny, uh, and Vinny had been holding his twin brother and his ex-wife hostage in this mansion. And Victoria ended up exposing the scheme. So Vinny has been drugging her um, as a way of revenge to make her think that she, um, she's also suffered from multiple personalities in the past. So he's made her think that she split again. And so she has checked herself into a mental hospital. Um, and she's now in the hospital with a a very attractive doctor and the doctor is starting to have feelings for her. Um, But what Victoria doesn't know is that the doctor is being blackmailed by Vinny to continue to torment Victoria. Um, And so this will be a very big storyline in the summer, um, which will be 
um, you know, really at its peak for the daily episodes in August. Um, and so the, the backstory is Vinny is blackmailing the doctor because the chief of staff at the mental hospital is this very powerful individual that we don't know who it is. Um, and so we find out who the individual is the week of the August dailies. And it is a character that uh, longtime readers will know. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, and Victoria will discover who the chief of staff is. And then the chief of staff will realize that um, she could expose who they are and will go to great lengths to um, stop her from saying anything. Um, so that's really exciting. I've never done this kind of story before. So that's, um, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then another preview, I sort of teased on it before, is that Trinice will sort of embark on this flirtation with Andrew. Um, and it's very sort of taboo because, like I said, for, for a while she thought that he was her son. Um, and I should say that Trinice is engaged to Chris. So there's mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's happening. Um, there will be the conclusion to Greg's trial. Um, so Greg is currently on trial um, for killing his wife, Brooke, because he discovered that she was um, the town serial killer. I just finished a serial killer storyline, which was a lot of fun. Um, but the truth is that he's covering for his daughter, Abby, who actually mm-hmm. came home just as uh, Brooke was about to kill Greg and Abby killed Brooke in self-defense. Um, but she's mm-hmm. blocked it out of her memory. Um, but she's mm-hmm. having flashes during the trial. So we're, it's like, will she fully remember before the sentence comes in or not? Um, so there's that. And then the other big storyline is with Leah, who the last few months has been having memories of um, or dreams of a baby crying, and she doesn't know why. Um, and so we will sort of come to a conclusion as to why she's having these dreams of hearing a baby crying. And it will set then the future um, storylines into motion. Nice. So there's a lot going on, yeah. Um. One of my favorite, because I think I did this before. I remember going in here, um, and it's onedayatatime.com. I remember going in here year by year reading the recaps and then Mm -hmm. diving into each, I think, one year I just started. And I need to do that again. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the recaps from 2002 there was a hiatus from 2004 to 2009 and then 2002 yeah. to 2021 and then just start reading for this year because I want to be caught up. Um, but, and that's what I recommend everyone does because otherwise, yeah. I mean, it's a lot I mean, of episodes, if you, right? So the recaps it, are it is. And if you have time, I suggest that you, you do read everything because you hear those little details and whatnot. But here's the thing. I think that right now, with everything else going on, you need an escape. We all need an escape. So why not just come, read for however long, and let me tell you, you will start, because I remember vividly, when I started reading these recaps, I was like, I could see 
the town. And I really, I'm a visual person, so I loved going on the character page and seeing the different characters Mm -hmm. and who you're talking about and what they look like. Oh, that does match up to who I think that that person looks like. And, yeah, I think that just, you know, if you want to just take a day, if you want to take a couple days, but I think that we all need a break from reality. So this is this 20th anniversary and talking about the perfect timing. I mean, I'm, pro- I'm more than likely, I have nothing else going on this weekend. This is what I'm probably <laughs> going to be doing and live tweeting about it. So. And, and honestly, um, that's so much why I still write, to be honest, is because I just love, you know, that two hours that I start writing or in planning, whatever. Like, I love that escape from mm-hmm. my own reality to, like, jump yeah. into the lives of these characters. Um, mm-hmm. And I just love the creative outlet. Like, it, it's just mm-hmm. so healthy, I think, to be able to tap out of whatever you're doing and focus in on, on something else completely. It's, it's helped me a lot over the years, for sure. Nice. Now, I'm not going to put any pressure on you. But I cannot wait to check this character list and see my face as one of these characters. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh, yes, I need to do that. Jumping up and down. No, you need to naturally. It'll naturally happen. You can't force it because then you're going to hate the character. But I just can't wait. I'm so far ahead that, like, Mm. it wouldn't even happen until 2024 at least now. That's fine. I just, I can't wait because I am so curious of how my supportive, long-term friends will handle a trans character. I'm just, because I know how Casey's handle it and Candace's handle it, and they are relatively new friends. So I'm just Mm -hmm. really looking forward to seeing how you will handle it and what will happen and how soapy will it be and Oh, I just, I can't wait. I, I'm going to keep checking this character list to see if maybe one pops up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, how long do you think this is going to go on for, you think? I mean, so, yeah, I, I guess after the 15th anniversary year, I really mm. did think, okay, Dallas, let's end this, let's, Let's do something else. But um, honestly, I'm just going to keep going as long, as long as I want to write. Like, I know that even if I ended one day at a time, I would still want to write. And so mm. to me, why would I end this series when I now have all of this history to go off of and revisit mm-hmm. and have all of that character motivation? So... I, I don't foresee it ending, I mean, ever, really. I, I just can't mm-hmm. imagine a time in my life. Like like I said, this started before I put it online. So some of these characters have been with me since I was 10 or 11 years old. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that I will ever not write. I mean, you might see like an evolution of, you know, some of the older characters um, not being featured as often because now they're, you know, like the Victor and Maggie's of days. And, mm-hmm. you know, you focus on their kids and their grandkids, but I, I just can't foresee myself ever not writing. 
um, in some capacity. So a couple of questions just like mm-hmm. popped up in my head. First question, do you ever see this in another form? Maybe a web series, maybe a podcast where you have actual actors talk. I mean, honestly, no, <laughs> to be no. honest. Okay. I mean, it, w- okay. it would be awesome, but I just, I just don't know if I have the time um, mm-hmm. to coordinate more than what I already do. Um, yep. And, you know, taking on something more would be more time, uh, more coordination between myself and whoever's going to voice these characters and then editing mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, the production that goes into that compared to what I do, it would be night and day different. So um, I don't see it changing unless someone came to me and said, I will do all of this. I only need you to write. Okay. Then, so, then I think I could get on board. So then another question for for you is, could you envision this as a full-time brand-new soap on, say, Peacock? Is that even a reality for you, where you were able to quit your job and focus in on as the head writer? A Peacock or whatever, where oh, it's uh, yeah, a I, streaming I platform. Yeah, for sure. If if someone okay. approached me and said, this is what we want to do, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would be a little apprehensive to quit my job fully, um, yeah. at least until I knew that it Things was going to be more off. than, yeah. mm. right. You know, like if it was right. only, if it was only going to be five episodes and then it's like a trial by air thing, um, yeah, just because quit. I have <laughs> been with, with my, mm-hmm. with my company Same. for 12 years, I've, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm making a very good salary. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I would be skeptical, but I would definitely um, use vacation time to produce or to write the best scripts possible mm-hmm. and, and see what happens from that. So my next question would be, would you, do you ever envision yourself as a daytime writer, maybe writing one of the current soap operas? Uh, I mean, maybe I had that dream or vision like 20 years ago when mm-hmm. there was still 10 or 11 uh, shows. Um, but now I think it's such a hard medium to break into with only four shows. Um, because it it does seem like when the shows go through a writer change, they go back to the selection of people that have already done it. It's very mm. it's very rare where you see like a brand new writer right. going in, especially as a head writer, right? So, right. And honestly, it, it like you know, Bold will not have a new head writer until Bradley Bell retires. Um, Days has done so well under Ron that I can't imagine that Ken wants or would think about getting rid of him. Um, Y&R, I'm shocked that Josh is still there, but I'm shocked. Shocked. I I mean, I will say it's been turning around lately with 
with Diane returning. So that is a good thing, but um, I think the rest of the show is still really bad. So I, I'm shocked it's that like, they haven't gone, but then you, you just don't know who they would get in there instead. Um, and then I don't really a, watch GH, so. It's very much a show that kind of like, you know how you have a show that's like, or the, a car, when your car like needs service and so it like hucks, hucks and chucks, but it gets you where you need. And that's where this mm-hmm. show feels like, it feels like it, it needs a tune-up almost. I did right. find out why they use the same writers. I have a friend who is a talent agent or talent manager. And he said, getting into a head writing gig is one of the hardest in the industry to get. That's one of the hardest jobs to fill because you need to be WGA. You you need to be a WGA person. It's shocking that Josh isn't, but Mm. um, they make a million dollars a year. By far the highest paying writing gig in television. Um, But it should be because you're producing every day, right? So that's why they stick to people that are in the WGA. If you're not in the WGA, it's really tough to become a head writer. But the thing that typically happens is some writers start as script writers, as breakdown writers. Jamie Giddens should be a head writer on one of these soaps. If yeah. not Days, because Ron's Ron's doing fabulous. Get him to GH to fix the mess that is GH. Because he, even though Days is his wheelhouse, he would do fabulous turning that show around. I think he would bring it back to almost Claire Labine era. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I think he would do great even at Y&R. Like he, he, I do too, because it was, it's some very of his ambitious. story pitches yes. on, on, on DC when he was there, like with the corporate storylines, like he, mm-hmm. he would, or Devon, like he would write that effort of Devon, I think. The thing about Jamie that I love is he, he is very much the type of writer that will write to the show's identity. He doesn't write for, oh, I want to do this type of story. He writes for the show's identity. We need writers like that. Ron is like that. He's had One Life to Live, where he wrote One Life to Live type stories. The stories that Mm -hmm. he wrote on One Life to Live would not fit on GH. Mm-hmm. would not fit on days. And the stories he writes on days wouldn't fit on GH, even though they're very similar because of Pat Falk and Smith. But he could never do some of the things on days that he did on GH and vice versa. So I love those kinds of writers. Those are the writers that stand out to me. The writers like Joe Shelby, um, I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling Joe Shelby. His name is Joe Shelby Griffith. Um, I call him Joe Shell because that's his government name. And what he did is his nickname, which is the the J-O in Joe and the S-H in Shelby. So that's why he's Josh Griffith. 
Um, that's why he did the whole Dominic thing, whatever. Anyway, he's lost his edge. He used to be a good writer. This man helped create Sunset Beach. But look at him now. He, he's, he's done. He's done. He needs to pack it up and let somebody else take over. Um, well, and I, I, I also just think, you know, like in, in a real daytime show, you're creating mm-hmm. an episode a day, 52 weeks mm-hmm. a year. There mm-hmm. is such a thing as burnout, right? Like right. it is hard to sustain that kind of good quality storylines. Like as much as I love what Ron has done for days, there are stories that I'm like, yeah, this is just not my cup of tea. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, not everything is going to be a gold Perfect. Mine. Right. The problem yeah, I hate when that. your entire show is mm-hmm. bad and has been bad for a year, it's time for Josh to go. I, I did not understand the Plantation Baby storyline. I didn't, I didn't understand why he kept piling in more people on it. And and not focusing in on the, on the little things. Have a scene where Nick and Mariah have coffee together and catch up. Have a scene where um, Sharon visits Cassie's grave, not on the anniversary, just to do it. You know, but that's the difference between a good writer and a bad writer. And he was a good writer. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. Just Maybe, like you said, it's like burnout. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's been there but so Y&R long. also has a really bad um, habit of giving the head writer also um, an executive producer credit. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. you need to separate them, right? You need yeah. to have your EP saying, no, this actually yep. isn't great. Let's go back to the right. drawing board. But right. because he has that credit, there's no, like, second set of eyes to mm-hmm. say, we, we need to do better. Right. They need the separation because, ooh, child. Let me tell you something. Michelle Morgan made history last night for acting yeah. her ass off and turning shit to gold. Because that's exactly what she did. That storyline was shit. And she made it. Oh my god, it was awful. Gold. She made it history making. But I have no idea. We still haven't even seen her. I'm I'm like elated for her, but we haven't even seen Naya's husband. Like, what? How do how do how does that happen? And now the illness is all off. Oh my green. Off camera. Like what? And Amani's yeah. like, oh, it's no big deal, girl. She'll be fine. And I'm like, your mom had a stroke and you're just sitting here wanting to have tea? The heck? I mean, at least they're finally starting to do the Amani triangle with me right. and Elena. Like, we but, have been asking for that for nine months. But, yeah, I'm, I'm super having, happy for Michelle. I just wish yeah. that they would give her... A storyline now. Mm-hmm. Her side and the whole. Mind. Yeah, the whole. <laughs> and story I mean, like, Casey brought it up to me, like, this is very indicative of Olivia and Drusilla. 
And I said, that's great. But this is not Olivia and Drusilla. We can't keep replaying what worked so well before. Get the identity of the show, but don't copy history. Like, telling her once is fine. Side-eyeing her and talking down to her in a meeting. And let me tell you something. Devon owes Nate a fucking apology because he ruined that man's life over a woman. I understand Nate was a dog. I get it. Maybe bitch slap him, but you ruined his career and you <laughs> never once said sorry. That part to me, uh, I don't like how that's written. I don't like how that's written at all because that's not Devon. How are you going to sit in the, in the heels of or the shoes of Neil Winters and never apologize for something that you know was wrong? And but he overheard, they that, had him. But why? Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, they had such a good opportunity for mm-hmm. him to retaliate. He could have sued Devon. Mm-hmm. But everything on that show is wrapped up in, like, a little bow, like, oh, we have to get along. And it's like, but that's not conflict. Right. You had, and I very rightly so, Lily went to prison. Lily went to prison for what she did. And Devon, rightly so, hated Lily and didn't visit her at first. So how do you have Nate want to work with Devon after he ruined his medical career? I don't understand. Or why that, that why does me. Amanda like Lily? Amanda should right. not like Lily. Lily killed Amanda her twin sister. And so yeah. should Imani. Imani should be side-eyeing Lily like crazy. Because they lost a sister because of her. Accident or not. Yes. Play that beat, please. Like, ugh. I don't yeah, get it. Agreed. But anyway, um, our our other wine, our tangent. Yeah, sorry, we needed to. Um, so I had mentioned one day at a time dot com. Um, you had mentioned some upcoming story. Um, what else you got going on? One day at a time. Are you looking for another outlet, maybe, to do something? Are you looking to do a spinoff of the show? Anything? Um, so I do have another series um, called mm-hmm. Chasing Diamonds. Um, oh, and so yeah, Chasing yeah. Diamonds right now is in season eight. Oh. Um, so it's airing now. Um, I, so what I do with Chasing Diamonds is each season is um, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And I release the first two uh, individually, but then on the third episode, I released the whole season, so you can sort of binge it like a, a Netflix show. So Ooh, all of season okay. eight is now out. Um, I already have season nine of Chasing Diamonds written, which will come out um, next year. Um, and then what I'm planning for 
2024 is this crossover event with One Day at a Time and Chasing Diamonds. Um, But it will actually create another show that I'm creating right now um, that's going to be called Barracuda Blue. And that'll be fun. Um, And so I'm really focused on developing that series and making it different from anything else I've ever done. Um, I would say where I am with Chasing Diamonds is there there needs to be one more season um, before the crossover can happen. So I'll focus on that later this year. Um, but after that, I'll probably do one more season and then put Chasing Diamonds to rest for a while, mm-hmm. um, okay. just because it is a it is a smaller cast, and so I feel like I'm sort of um, I've exhausted the characters, and it, I, I'm mm-hmm. feeling like it's time for it to rest for a while, um, and mm-hmm. then I'll focus on One Day at a Time and Barracuda Blue going forward from there. Nice. Oh, how exciting. Now I have two. That's great. And that Chasing Diamonds is, you got to read every episode. Again, we need the escapism. So I think it's important to to, to do this. Um, yeah, what and is it's, very, it's much more fast-paced than, okay. than One Day at a Time. Like One Day at a Time is much okay. more like a um, traditional daytime show where Chasing mm-hmm. Diamonds is more um, like Melrose Place original dynasty where because it was only on once a week it's much more yeah. fast paced so yeah it's they're they're very different in that type of vibe nice excellent well thank you again for stopping on and oh this has been good catching up we need to do this more often yeah that's <laughs> yeah, been great thank you thank you again for having me and for um, honoring the 20th anniversary Tell us where we can find you on social media. Um, so on Twitter, I'm at ODAT Web Series. Um, my Instagram is private, actually, because a couple of years ago, before I went private, um, someone stole my pictures and was using them on Grinder, so I had to go private. Um, yeah, crazy. Um, one of our friends was like, hey, did you and Colton go, like, open your relationship? And I'm like, no, why? And he's like, oh, I just saw you on Grinder." I'm like, oh, well, that was amazing. Um, so, yeah, Yikes. crazy. So I'm like, please block and report if you see that profile. Um, so, yeah, I'm private there, so I probably won't accept a lot of followers. But if you, if I do know you, it's um, DZKW83 on Instagram. And then for one day at a time, the website is one day at time.com. There's no um, at that time because it was taken. And then if you want to go to the Absolute Productions website, which is where all my series are, it's absoluteproductions.we.bs. Nice. And you can find me on all platforms, MSME Morgan. Um, Visit me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You will laugh at my TikTok. But some, some of my TikToks, you'll actually be informed. I do try to do both, educate and make you laugh. Um, I think it's important to do both. Um, but, yeah, that's great. Um, we definitely have to 
have to chat after this. So a couple of things we need to chat about. But thank you again <laughs> yeah, for joining me. Love hearing from you. And I'm not sure when the next show is, but keep listening and keep following us and you'll find out. But um, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And we hope that you have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.